0: Psalm 86, Listen, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Protect my life, for I am faithful. You are my God, save your servant who trusts in you. Be gracious to me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant's life, because I appeal to you, Lord. For you, Lord, are kind and ready to forgive, abounding in faithful love to all who call on you. Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my plea for mercy. I call on you in the day of my distress, for you will answer me. Lord, there is no one like you among the gods, and there are no works like yours. All the nations you have made will come and bow down before you, Lord, and will honor your name. For you are great and perform wonders. You alone are God. Teach me your way, Lord, and I will live by your truth. Give me an undivided mind to fear your name. I will praise you with all my heart, Lord my God, and will honor your name forever, for your faithful love for me is great, and you rescue my life from the depths of Sheol. God, arrogant people have attacked me, a gang of ruthless men intends to kill me. They do not let you guide them, but you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love and truth. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant. Save the son of your female servant. Show me a sign of your goodness. My enemies will see and be put to shame because you, Lord, have helped and comforted me. Amen. Our reading comes from 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning at the 12th verse. Dear friends, don't be surprised when the fiery ordeal comes among you to test you as if something unusual were happening to you. Instead, rejoice as you share in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may also rejoice with great joy when his glory is revealed. If you are ridiculed for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in having that name. For the time has come for judgment to begin with God's household, and if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who disobey the gospel of God? And if a righteous person is saved with difficulty, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then let those who suffer according to God's will entrust themselves to a faithful creator while doing what is good, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, again, uh, as we're as we've been going through this First Peter, that the one of the biggest themes, right, has been exiles in a foreign land, has been persecution, has been being a Christian minority, and and I'm reading this text, and I can only but think of the most recent article that's come out to show that. Uh, I believe they 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 believe that in the next five years Christianity will quote unquote be less than fifty percent of the nation, uh, and and so we're supposed to be wringing our hands over that or something because you know we're we're supposed to be a majority Christian or something like that. I don't know, <laughs> as as though as though unless we have over fifty percent of of our country being Christian, then then we're in big trouble. Uh, even though uh, you have countries like Sweden where it's it's said that something like 85 percent 90 percent of the country is quote unquote Christian and Lutheran because if you're born in Sweden you're automatically part of the Church of Sweden unless you say otherwise right but only like three percent of the country actually goes to church like we're supposed to be wringing our hands because of that or something as though as though we need the majority to be Christian and I Think part of it is because we have this fear of suffering. We have this fear of the fact that we might actually become part of the persecuted church around the world. That we might actually end up here in the next few years having something in common with the churches in Syria. Not that that's going to happen because we have freedom of religion here, Uh, freedom of of faith, freedom of expression. But uh, it's a. It's as though we have this expectation in our lives that we are going to avoid all trauma and bad things that are ever going to happen to us, especially if we're Christians. Like, we're Christians. We're supposed to be nice. No one's ever supposed to do anything to us. As well as, oh, we're Christians. We're supposed to be nice. We're never going to do anything to anybody else. And yet here we have Peter writing to... These people in, in modern-day Turkey to these uh, this great number of congregations, saying, uh, "Yeah, persecution is going to come. It's going to happen, uh, and and uh, be persecuted for the right reasons." Is basically what he says, right? Because first he says, "Don't be surprised when the fiery ordeal comes among you to test you, as if something unusual were happening to, happening to you." It's that that reality for us as Christians that suffering and hardship on us is not supposed to be abnormal. Not that we seek it out, but it is that that as Christians we, we should be brought around to the realization the the reality that suffering is real in the world and it is going to come, especially when we are people of conviction, people of faith, and, and we believe particular things, we are going to have persecution come upon us. We, we are going to have conflict happen because it's just going to happen. But here he's saying, don't be surprised that it's going to happen because it will. Basically telling them all the cross of Christ is just the very beginning of the difficulties of the life of the Christian. We we. we Confess that we are crucified with Christ and we no longer live, but Christ lives within us. If our faith is based on one who suffered at the hands of sinners, why should we ever be surprised that we are going to be ones who are going to suffer at the hands of a sinful world in some way, shape, or form? And I'm not talking about uh, you not getting your way in the drive through at McDonald's uh, or or uh, 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 you voting and your person not being elected. We're talking about real persecution, real suffering, uh, the possibility of going to jail uh, for what it is that you confess as Jesus Christ as Lord and not the government, uh, as, as uh, a, a gospel of Jesus Christ that comes and tells all sinners, your sins are forgiven you, and, and that causes persecution because sinners don't like being called sinners. We don't like having our sin named. We like to hide it in little closets with all the other skeletons. And so it's going to come, and we should not be surprised at it. But we should also not see all difficulties in life somehow suffering for Jesus. That's a joke in our family. I'm suffering for Jesus. It says, instead rejoice as you share in the suffering of Christ, that you may also rejoice with great joy when his glory is revealed. Realizing that the Jesus that we get is a Jesus who's on a cross, right? And so we rejoice in what it is that Christ has suffered because when he comes again in glory, we will rejoice in what it is that, that Christ has given to us. If you are ridiculed for the name of christ you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of god rests on you i i i, I think of the movement in the country uh, to try and push for almost mandated prayer in schools as though uh, not having prayer in schools somehow is an infringement on whatever rights we think we have the right to uh, in in our freedom of, of religion. Uh, and so we, we want to make sure that we get the Ten Commandments in the schools and we get prayer in the schools and, and all these other things. But with that then, if we're going to push for prayer, then we can't complain if our Muslim neighbors want that too or our Buddhist neighbors or whoever pick one. Hindu neighbors want prayer in schools. Wiccan neighbors, people that live next to us that happen to practice a, a different uh, faith than us who have different beliefs than us. Not having prayer in schools is it, it's not a right that we're supposed to be fighting or dying for. But we should be assuming that if it is something that we hold to, that we believe to be important and we don't get it, we don't storm the Bastille. But we realize that this quote unquote suffering that we're going to endure in this world for our faith is going to come and it's going to be real. And if it's not getting our way with prayer in schools or whatever, it's going to come in some other way. That just because we have a constitution that gives us particular rights doesn't mean that we're going to have actual real life. Not get what we want. today's. He says, "Let none of you." Well. If you're ridiculed for the name of Christ, you're blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Realizing that the ridicule is because of the fact that you name the name of Christ, not because you're a jerk. Right. <laughs> like it, it's it's one thing to be ridiculed because you you believe in God. I still remember youth football, seventh, eighth grade, somewhere around there. I think it was seventh grade. Might have been eighth grade. Whatever. Uh, in a van uh, on our way to uh get ready for a game, a football game. And, uh, we are talking about church in the back and one of the guys on the team turns around and says, Oh, what are you, one of these Bible guys? <laughs> and I kind of was like, uh, yeah, my dad's a faster. What do you want? Uh, it's, it's like, yeah, what? Okay. What am I supposed to do? Have that kid kicked off the team? No, he has this right to his opinion. And the reality is, is that, yeah, I'm, I follow Christ, whatever. That's not like getting shot in the street in Syria, though, or, or getting my head chopped off in Egypt. You know? <laughs> it's not the same thing. It's not like uh, living as a Coptic Christian in Egypt, where every day goes by and there's a possibility you can be killed. Or being a Christian in China right now, who's not part of the state-funded church. But those things are going to come, and we have to realize those things and go, well, it's going to happen, and it's Okay. Jesus Christ is still Lord. He still died on the cross for my sins. He's still going to raise me from the dead. It's okay. Because then he says, let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, nor a meddler or or someone who defrauds others, who who gets their fingers into things going on. And and it's, it's basically just like I said, it's one thing to suffer for Jesus. It's another thing to suffer because you or jerk, or you deserve it, or whatnot. I I love it when big-name pastors get caught doing something they shouldn't have, and somehow they want to say that it's an attack on their ministry. No, you got busted, dude. (laughs) You had an affair. You embezzled money. You uh, got busted for uh, uh, wearing a $10,000 suit on Sunday (laughs) and preaching about giving. Uh, Like, calm down here, dude. Calm down. Uh, same thing for us. Try not to get busted <laughs> for our own sins, but instead uh, allowing the, the suffering, the pain, the hardship to come upon us. Uh, not because we're being a jerk, not because we're being a Karen or a, a Kevin or whatever the term we want to use, but because of Jesus Christ. Because of the reality that we are, are one who has been redeemed by him and we are one there that's captured by him. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in having that name. That goes without saying. Rejoicing in in the reality that you are God's, you are Christ's own possession. For the time has come for judgment to begin with God's household, and if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who disobey the gospel of God? That's a hard sentence, isn't it? That the judgment, the decision-making of God is coming, and it's going to start with his own household that he's going to step in and take care of his own household first. And then he'll deal with the ones outside the household. That's a difficult statement for us, right? (laughs) That should be difficult. That should be hard, which is part of the reason why it's saying, allow Christ to lead you and guide you, not other things. And if righteous, if a righteous person is saved with difficulty, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? (laughs) this is an interesting one just because it's like there's there's none who's righteous no not one we're told <laughs> and that's true and say, saying basically if it's hard for someone who thinks that they are righteous to be redeemed uh, especially ones who, who go around and flaunt that righteousness to the point that they become jerks about it, what more is going to happen to them uh, if, if you end up not being a righteous person and instead being one who is absolutely in need of redemption? That's going to be even harder. And maybe that's the reason why it is very difficult to, to redeem people when, they, when you try and get them to realize their sin. It's the same for me trying to get me to realize my own sin it's hard to be able to grasp the reality of what it is that i am in need of because i don't want to embrace the ugliness of my own soul and so i want to hold on to any sort of righteousness i might have instead of realizing that i am broken so then let those who suffer according to God's will entrust themselves to a faithful creator while doing what is good. It's a wonderful place to end on. Entrusting ourselves to the one who holds all things together, who is all things in all things. That he is the one who carries us through. Because of life each day. Realizing that even if persecutions come, we are still in God's hands. And if we die, he will raise us that he is the one who is working good, and in the meantime we do what is good. We do what we are called to do in our vocations, in our life, knowing that stuff is going to come, persecutions will come, difficulties will come, but he is the one who is going to hold us together, keep us close to him, knowing that even in all those persecutions and all that suffering, he is a God who suffers in Jesus Christ on the cross for you so that the suffering is not some indictment against you as being a bad, horrible, wicked person, but is the reality of this world and of the ones who claim Christ to be ones who, who are able to embrace it in order that we might uh, be God's always and, and be carried by him. Let us pray. Lord, we pray to you that your grace may always go before and follow after us and make us continually to be given to all good works through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. Well, church, I hope that you are enjoying this week. I pray that uh, things will go well with you. Uh, Please share this if you can. Uh, Otherwise, go in peace, serve the Lord. We'll see you later.